0: this is the Exploring Happiness podcast. Let's get happier together. Hello, hello, hello. Let's dive in. Today I'm going to talk about parenthood and happiness. Being a parent myself and having lots and lots of parent friends and of course a parent community around my kids. I parents from child child care center and school, I can say parenthood is not all about joy. It should be, but it doesn't seem to be. So let's reflect upon this a little bit more. Let's let's explore this happiness and this parenthood happiness. Potentially, what could uh, make us happy about it? I mean, one thing is our natural urge to reproduce and to keep our genes alive. So becoming a parent is kind of fulfilling something which we are naturally driven to. But it is also quite an investment. I mean, first of all, for the woman, it's quite an investment physically with the pregnancy, um, a lot of Women also um, experience miscarriages in between the pregnancies or pregnancy complications. And then, of course, birth and the first months with breastfeeding and uh, just little sleep and um, lots of carrying the baby and having little space for ourselves. Other hormonal, hormonal changes the bodily changes, the physical changes we experience as woman, women. Men, on the other hand, first of all, can't experience that, uh, which is an investment as well. Um, it also lets them, of course, get away easier in a way because we women are more bound to look after um, children after making this huge investment. But it also means that men lack the experience of the beautiful hormonal stuff going on when we are pre- pregnant and when we give birth and when we breastfeed and the connection resulting from that with just natural connection, which is pretty much just triggered by touch and um, this very intimate um, physical relationship between mother and child, which a man just can never reproduce. Then men usually have to invest working more or providing more to support the woman and the child until the woman woman can um, support herself better again. Not that I say that women can't support themselves without the man, but it is, of course, quite a good labor share for the woman putting in her body and the man putting in his body in a way uh, to um, support the mother and child or mother and children, at least for the time where the woman carries the child, gives birth, and then um, heals her body again. So this means there's a lot of energy investment. Possibly from the side of the man, he could invest less energy and have some more left to then support woman and child more with that uh, instead of working more. but. But the woman definitely has to invest a lot of energy, physical energy, um, into and also emotional energy, particularly with uh, the, the rises and drops of hormones, to become a parent. She also has to most of the time invest finances, financial resources, not necessarily... But in at least our Western society, it means that a woman is still not earning the same like men because they potentially have children or when they have children, they take some time out and they lack career sources just because there is another occupation for them. And even though it could be completely equal, in the end, somebody has to care for the child and somebody has to give birth to that child. So that there's always an investment in finances as well. Not necessarily, but in reality there is. And there's also time. Because as a woman being pregnant and giving birth and breastfeeding, I mean, we can do everything. But can we really? I think we have to make a certain time investment to look after our child, to look after ourselves. Um, to regain life energy and that is also a time investment so there's certain investments and what are the payouts well the payout one of the big payouts is what I already said is of course that we kind of fulfill something we have a natural urge to we reproduce ourselves and um, continue our genes and there's another, really, really big factor, because we, we have a relationship. We give birth to s- someone who we will have a relationship with, even if none of us form and uh, maintain and nurture that relationship because we give the child to adoption or um, because of we later don't care for that relationship and don't nurture it, it's still there. It is the deepest relationship we can have, even if we don't foster it and n- nurture it. Because it is grounded on oxytocin. So sex, birth, and breastfeeding all are huge releases for oxytocin. I mean, it is a bonding hormone because the child was born completely helplessly. We have to, somebody has to care for them. And they're pretty annoying because they are so helpless. They need so much attention and energy, life energy. And probably also the investment of finances because we can't work that much because we have to look after this helpless thing. Um, Or we have to pay somebody to look after them. Uh, Or we have to find somebody to look after them. But the payout is that it triggers a huge amount of oxytocin. Because particularly if we in the beginning hold the child a lot, carry it a lot. I mean, sure, a lot of us put them in the pram and leave them there as long as we can and put them in other beds. But I found that children don't really like that. They, 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 they're born, the babies are born, they're helpless. They're they really f- uh, afraid of leaving our embrace. They want to be on us. And I think um, all parents know what I'm speaking about. Uh, they, they cry if we put them away because they they need they need the physical contact that's the only thing they feel safe with particularly in the first months that's a huge oxytocin releaser a huge trigger for oxytocin the bonding hormone so that is another reason why we have this really deep bond with with our children even if later we don't nurture it and of course we can Uh, put the babies, we just can let them cry, we can put them in a bed or in a pram and let them cry and don't carry them, don't take them out. Of course we can do that. And sometimes I think we have to. But in general, in the first months, I think we are all also really receptive for that uh, oxytocin. I mean, the babies are cute. We want to cuddle them. We want to hold them. So we are triggered to actually use that trigger of oxytocin and even make that stronger. And it makes sense. So we have a really, really, really deep bond with that little being because it needs so much help, particularly in the first years. And then it needs even more help later. But then, of course, there's some kind of independence happening where um, the kids, when they can then walk and talk and um, start to make friends and start to learn stuff, so that they, they start to become step by step more and more independent. They can do things without us. And I think we should also encourage that because that's that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, they should be independent of us and then we should in the end just have a relationship with each other, which is based on that very deep relationship we get from the beginning um, so that we are hopefully one of a big trust and uh, counsel partners in that relationship. But of course, because kids are so helpless and they need so much attention and energy, and then at the same time, our society is not really giving us the freedom anymore to do all that, maybe it has never done that because maybe we had to uh, fight for survival and rather work than really look after our children and spend much time with them. But also I think, it is also should be a little bit limited because we have to get step by step out of that. We have to work towards independence of our children and ourselves with just the connection between us with a relationship, hopefully a really good relationship between us. So um, that I think it is good that the kids need so much and we get annoyed because that starts to help us to let go a little bit of that oxytocin, to make space, to start getting angry and show the kid, okay, you hit a boundary, so I can't anymore. I, I, th- This is getting too much. But instead of embracing that, we just get really annoyed of the kids. <laughs> and I have to laugh because I, I'm so like that as well. But I think, if we embrace it, if we embrace that we get angry and we talk the kids through that, our annoyance and our like anger and our just need for space, if we keep talking them through that and tell them, well, that's how I want it, yeah, I mean, they need a bit time to accept and adapt. But I think they will start to understand that there are boundaries and they shift. They are not a complete rule because one day we are happily all cuddling and having lots of time. And the next uh, day I have a huge, whatever, working day and some kind of other conflicts and whatever. And I don't have that much space. So I need more space uh, at home where I also have to relax. And I think it leads into self-care where we find that this is now something where I need space. Yesterday I was happily cuddling you and you were crying and I embraced you and talked you through it. And now you have some kind of conflict and I just, I can't do it now. But you know what? The kids have to learn that too. And I think if we embrace it, it is a lot less loaded with all that annoyance and frustration and thinking that the kids should be different and um, anger and Things we do, we don't actually, we regret afterwards because that's not how we want to be. And that's not, we are not acting according our values, our, um, our thoughts, how our expectations. And we lose ourselves in it. We are triggered. And then it just is a cycle of annoyance and frustration and anger again and regret again. There's a lot of guilt in there. But instead, if we could embrace it, if We just could embrace it more and also accept that we, particularly if the kids get older and into their three, four, five years of age, we don't have to attain them all the time. If they're bored, they will find stuff. That's how kids work. They, they have a great imagination. They can occupy themselves. And then we can be there for the things where they need our help. And, of course, also where we need them and their relationship and their oxytocin and their love, um, where we do things together, where we connect and have some cuddle time or some excursions, something we do together, something we experience together to deepen and nurture our bonds. If we could embrace all that, I think parenthood is a really big thing for happiness, even though I think... Of course that you can be completely happy without being a parent and there's lots of examples but as a parent I wanted to explore this connection with happiness. So if you're a parent, happy parenting. I talk to you next week. Have a great happy week. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next week when we explore more happiness together.